You're listening to Road to CEO, nothing but in-depth interviews with executives about their journeys as CEO. I'm your host, Will Marlowe, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Road to CEO. We're here today with Dave Underwood, who I've known for years and who's one of the first people I go to for advice on thorny CEO topics. Uh, he's been in the moving business for 42 years. I think it started in back in 1978 in Ohio, moved to Virginia. If I'm getting my numbers right, hopefully here, 1989, he founded a company called 2GT Inc., which he's going to tell us more about. Today, he's doing what I think is his third big business, Around Town Movers, and he's going to tell us what he's learned along the way and, uh, and, and how he's arrived at what he's doing now. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Greetings, Will, and greetings to everyone out there in podcast land. <laughs> so why don't I'm curious to start with the mysteriously named 2GT Inc., um, do you want to tell us, well, what does 2GT Inc. stand for? What's that all about? Well, 2GT Inc. Uh, uh, goes all the way back to Ohio, actually, in 1986, and it was uh, uh, more commonly recognized as two guys in a truck, and you probably have seen those trucks mm -hmm. around our Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, tri-state area for many years, and I was, I was actually the CEO of that organization for 17 official years from 1994 all the way through 2011 mm -hmm. uh, when we sold it. And uh, when we sold it, we had seven franchise locations, including the uh, you know the flagship store in Sterling, Virginia. We had uh, 30 trucks and 100 movers. So uh, that's, wow. when we, uh, that's when we uh, had a sale. And uh, uh, after the, sale, the dust of the sale settled, we'll say, uh, we, uh, uh, got back into the moving business. My wife and I, now we're 100% woman-owned family business. I serve as the chief revenue officer here at Around Town Movers. Uh, and uh, uh, basically we acquired a company called Around Town Movers, which was founded in 2006 by a, a local real estate agent. Uh, and the company had just gone out of business actually. Uh, and it had uh, about $300,000 in annual revenues two trucks, a van, a, a website, a federal trademark, and a phone number that rang. Uh, so we made a deal to buy that, and that's a whole other story. Maybe you could read that in the book when it comes out. Uh, and uh, we put our own secret sauce into that, and we took it from its $300,000 annual sales up to uh, pushing $4 million this, wow. this year is our expectation. Our growth plan, and everyone should have a growth plan as part of being a CEO, as you know, uh, right. is to uh, uh, hopefully get to the $5 million mark uh, within the next 18 months and then uh, double that over the next five years. That's fantastic. Okay, so you've said a lot of things that I want to I want to dig into. So why don't we why don't we I want to I do want to hear about your current business around town movers. And you've given us some really uh, cool insights about your growth plan. But I want to dig into for your for that previous experience you had. So you started out, you founded uh, 2GT, which it was two guys in a truck. Am I, that's, is, that, is that the correct name? Yeah, yeah. so but let, let's go back to the beginning. All right, let's do that. 
because you know it's the road to CDA, CEO. Let's start right. there, right? Yeah. So here I was working at a school for severely and profoundly, profoundly developmentally disabled children in Toledo, Ohio. And I was a classroom assistant. And in our class, we taught sign language as best we could to these children who couldn't really speak or communicate. The guy down the hall, he was a real teacher. He had two moving trucks. He said, Dave, you're a big guy. Come and help me with my moving trucks on the weekend. So back then, minimum wage is about $2 an hour. And uh, so I was working at the school, very rewarding job, just not in the pocketbook. So I went to work for this guy on the weekends for $5, a whole $5 per hour. <laughs> and I worked for him for about four years. And me and the other guy, well, we drove the truck around and, you know, never got a raise, but we got tips on the job and the customers were always very appreciative of, of that. One day we looked at each other in the back of the truck and he said to me, hey, we can do this ourselves. So uh, we went and we put an ad in the phone book, in, in the Toledo, Ohio phone book, and the phone started ringing. Now, keep in mind, we didn't have a truck. We didn't have any insurance. We didn't have any moving equipment. All we knew was how to move furniture, just raw 20-year-old men out, out to make it. So as the story goes, the other guy got in trouble with the law and he left town. So now not only do I have no truck, no moving equipment, no insurance, but nobody to help me move the furniture. So I had to take it right from the ground level. I had to answer that phone. I had to go out and rent the truck, rent the pads, move the furniture, come back and repeat and repeat and repeat. Wow. So that that is how I got started in the that's the PG story of how I got started in the moving business. The racy one will be in the book. <laughs> you can read that at some point. Well, um, we'll see if by the end of this podcast we can get maybe one juicy, salacious story out of you. <laughs> oh boy, we'll see what see what I'm willing to give up. I'm hey, but listen, listen. So uh, you know, I kept doing that, uh, and yeah. uh, so it, it ended up with being a 20 year old. I was a great mover. Or a good mover, at least then, you know, because I worked hard and I wanted to be helpful. That's how I was yeah. raised. Uh, and so, you know, kept moving furniture and uh, the, you know, the business developed over time. And so, uh, but ultimately, uh, with that first business of mine, it proved to be that I was a better mover than a businessman. So it didn't work out as well as we'd hoped. But I did end up with a warehouse, an office, the admiration of my friends and family for having gotten that far. Uh, and then uh, we decided to close that business. And I went to work for a moving, a moving company in Toledo, Ohio. Now, this was a moving company with a fellow probably who is like me now. So he ended up being my mentor. So how I got to know him was that. So the ad in the phone book was interesting in Toledo. Okay, so when I opened the phone book in Toledo, it was one page of 16 ads for all the moving companies in Toledo. What I did, what I didn't know then is that everyone had agreed to the same size ad in the Toledo Area Movers Association. So I thought when I saw that, I could put the quarter page ad in there and really clean up. So I put the quarter page ad in the phone book. A little while after the phone book came out, the phone rings and 
At the other end of the phone, the fellow says, hello, this is uh, Ernie, and I'm uh, with the Toledo Area Movers. And I said, oh, we'd like to have you invite you to our next meeting. So I went to the next meeting, and they're all very welcoming. And said, we had lunch together, and they said, well, you know, Dave, uh, we all agreed to have that 116th page of an uh, ad on, on one page of the phone book. So the phone company wouldn't be making a lot of money from us. And it, we don't think it's fair that you have the big ad now taking the, all of our business away. Actually, it was not a big place, right? I said, well, you know, we want to want to be in business and grow our business. And they said, well, if you really want to grow your business, you should move to Washington, D.C. So file that away for later. This is probably back in 1985 or six or something like that. So we closed the uh, first business, which we called a expert professional movers. That's and the one with the quarter page ad. Right. The quarter page ad now, yeah. now close. So. I went to work uh, for Ernie Shaddix, who's who I consider my mentor in this business. A couple stories there. Uh, so uh, I was I was uh, uh, ordinated the uh, vice president of sales of Emar Van and Storage Company, which was an agent for what was known as Paul Arpin Van Lines at that time. So Ernie showed me how to go out and do an estimate in-home estimate and be the vice president of sales. So I would have to go out and see what you had to move in your home, creatively think of uh, a way to explain it to you, come up with a price and convince you to use our company. So that's exactly what I did. I worked for him for maybe a year and a half. And uh, then I went back out on my own in Toledo. And while I was doing that, we had a little office meeting. So what's, what's a clever name we can come up with to uh, you know, promote our business. So we're not so moving in storages. So we we tossed some names around. We came up with two guys in the truck. So in the meantime, I was having a relationship with the girl across the hall in the other apartment. And she happened to be from Long Island, New York. And uh, she was at the University of Toledo Law School. So she graduated from law school and she announced to me, she says, you know, I think I'm going to take the Virginia bar and move back to the East Coast. So uh, this is a love story, I'll call it. So I decided to go with her. We loaded up our cats and all of our stuff in two trucks and we drove them to Virginia. We put the name in a quarter page ad in the Washington, D.C. Uh, telephone book and started working as two guys in a truck. So that's how it started in the DMV area. I see. I see. Very, very interesting. So, but I got to go back to a second uh, to to something you mentioned. What did you do when they, when that association in Toledo said not asked you not to run your quarter page ad? Did you pull your ad? No, I I, I totally ignored them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, because I know you and I know each other a little bit, and I couldn't picture you just you just agreeing on the spot to to remove your ad. So they invite you to this meeting. They they very cordial and nice. They say, hey, you know, we kind of would like you to to take that ad down so that we can take more business. And you essentially said, no thanks. Right. Well, I didn't say anything. I don't think I did anything. I think I just <laughs> went back and rented the truck again. Yeah, you know, rented the equipment and move yeah. somebody else. You know, because that's what you do in the moving and storage business. You you load them up and ship them out and repeat. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you sure do. So so then you met your you met Ernie Shaddix. You you really gained experience in the field. So did you yes. kind of recognize that you had a lot to learn and that you really wanted to, or or did you just need money? 
And so you decided, or was it both? Yes. Uh, so just to the learning thing. So I'm, I am 60 years old, soon to be 61 years old. And I am still learning to, to this day. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've learned more in the last five years than I probably learned in the first, you know, uh, 35 years of the moving business. Yeah. Uh, and it's all accumulated knowledge and experience. Um, so that's uh, definitely it. And in the moving business, you always need money. You know, the, the joke goes, uh, uh, how do you get a million dollars in the moving business? You start with five. <laughs> five million. Start with five million. That's how you get to a million. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> It's a very rewarding business, but yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, it's very financially challenging. You get a lot yeah. of money in, but a lot of money goes out and it goes quickly. So cash management is key. Uh, and that's definitely a, a whole nother discussion in a CEO's life, uh, well, how, how you keep your finger on that. Well, I think that you and I met when, we, when I was in my 20s and um, I know we did. I was still in my twenties and I didn't, there was a lot I didn't know. And I remember I was kind of blown away when you told me how little you paid for your current business, despite the fact that it had $300,000 in revenue. Um, and I, just cause I was very inexperienced. I didn't understand how numbers worked, but I was, you know, I was, I was kind of amazed that you were able to buy your business for the price that you did, you know, with the 300,000 in revenue. And, uh, you know, and I guess that points to the fact that it's a bit of an expensive industry. It is. It's and not only is it expensive, it's complex. Uh, so uh, I'm on the uh, American Trucking Association uh, Movers uh, Independent Movers Committee. Yeah. And I'm heading up the uh, training and education task force. And so we have uh, we just started talking about all the different elements of things that people might want to know about in the moving and storage business. And uh, we're, we've come up with this talk uh, called uh, the reality of the moving and storage industry. And I started just listing topics about how complex our business was. And it's amazing that anybody would really ever want to be in it based on how complex it is. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so essentially you, it sounds to me like you took the path where you really understood and, and you were, you were a constant learner and you kind of had that trait even early on, you've got it now, um, you wanna learn things and you recognized that for you to succeed in the moving industry, you needed to take a job at a place with somebody like Ernie Shaddix where you, he'd be a mentor, you'd really grow and learn under him and then you would be able to go off and, and, and do your own thing. Is that, is that kind of what your thinking was? Well, I don't know that there was a lot of thought going into it. Okay. It was an opportunity that presented itself. And a yeah. lot of life happens like that, that you just wander into something and it works out. Yeah. I've been incredibly blessed in my life that everything has worked out in one way or another. Uh, and that, you know, uh, you know, all my life's a circle, sunrise and sundown. The moon rolls through the light, nighttime until the daybreak runs around. All my life's a circle. I can't tell you why. Season's spinning around again. Years keep rolling by, you know, so things happen one after another. That's just the nature of life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, that was just something that happened that was very, uh, you know, foundational in my okay. my growth in the business. So did you want to be CEO? Did you want to be a CEO early on in your life? I did not. So let me tell you about Toledo a little bit. Yeah. Toledo is uh, where factories are. 
Um, you know, it's very close. It's a sub, I call it a suburb of Detroit, which is where mm -hmm. cars were manufactured yeah. and factories in Toledo manufactured parts for the cars. My dad worked in a, a glass factory and made windshields all his life. And God bless his soul. We raised seven kids on 250 bucks a week. We don't know how that worked out, but, uh, you know, here I sit today. So in Toledo, you were expected to get a job when you went out of high school. Mm -hmm. It's unusual that, uh, you know, at least in our family, you know, college wasn't pushed as a priority. You should just get a job and get to work. And that's, that's what happened. So I did, I was blessed with a very good education. Uh, I went to a uh, high school seminary mm -hmm. uh, for the first two and a half years of high school for me. And the, the goodness of that, well, there's a lot of goodness of that place, uh, was that it uh, offered an extraordinary, you know, kind of college level education classes, you know, taught by some pretty scholarly, scholarly people. So I, uh, you know, the, the that was very uh, fortuitous. Then I went to a Jesuit high school uh, and had a similar educational experience there. Mm -hmm. I took, I decided to take a year off after that, and that persisted until about the late 90s. So here's another Emar Van and Storage story. Just happened to, you know, something that happened. So back in Ernie's office, he had an IBM personal computer. The very first one that came out in 1981. Green screen. Mm -hmm. It sat there. It did nothing. We knew what it could potentially do because it was it was the wave of the future. And here we are looking at looking at each other on a computer right now, amazingly enough, in living color. So I was thinking about this computer and what, what it, you know, how organized our moving and storage business could be if it had a use. So I was dreaming because I'm a visionary. I see things and I try to put them into, into reality. So I sat down at the Toledo Public Library on their word processor computer and I came up with this whole idea of what this computer program could do. Interesting. So I went to some programming types that were existed at the time. And I said, here's what I think this computer could do. Can you help me make it do it? No one could understand what I wanted it to do. Not that I wasn't clear. I just think it was just that yeah. software development was such in such infancy in 1986, I think it was, that it was. So um, by the time I got to Virginia, these thoughts hadn't gone away. I still had that document I created and no one could understand me. So I started to go to college and I have almost a programming degree. Wow. So, so I took courses like COBOL, basic, visual basic, uh, computer program development, top-down programming, uh, you know, ver some very foundational, fundamental data processing courses that really gave me an understanding of technology. Um, and with that knowledge in 1994, I came out and I, uh, with Lotus Smart Suite, developed a database program, which we used in our two guys in the truck business for over 15 years. Wow. So, you uh, that, yeah, I put it together and wow. it, you know, we put our customers in It spit out our spit out our uh, invoices and our forms that we needed to run our business. Uh, we could go back and look anybody up. We had to look up and, uh, uh, after, and even now, I, I know you know that I'm working on an open source development project, which is uh, very interesting yeah. to me. And I've had to take even more courses just recently uh, to work on uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and the like. 
Uh, and uh, most recently, even, la even as early as four o'clock this morning, I was deep in the Linux world trying to give permissions to new users on, yeah. uh, on AWS. So I've, uh, uh, I do like the technology. Back to 2GT Inc. technology. So I think we were one of the first moving companies in the world or America to have a, a website. And we, uh, so we got, so it's hard to get a domain like 2GT Inc or uh, 2GT.com is what it was. Yeah. So we went to this little place in Springfield, Virginia, which was like a, a, a an ISP. And so we walked in, the computer's humming, and they plugged our domain name in. They gave us the front page uh, application, and we threw together a little website. So that was kind of cool. And you know that you, know, you can still go back on Wayback Machine and find that find that first website and see what that looked like back then. And that was just the beginning of uh, my integration of technology into our industry. Very interesting. So what was your motivation as you were doing all this? Because you, I mean, you know, you you are even more entrepreneurial than I realized in terms of, you know, you're building systems. Um, you are, uh, you're going to classes to be able to design things. Um, I know you've continued that throughout your whole career. You know, what, what is it that you're, but, but, but you didn't have the desire necessarily specifically to be CEO. So it wasn't just about being the boss. Were you trying to build a business, just build a successful company? Is that how you thought of it? Were you trying to make money? Like what, what was the goal back then? Well, yes, it was trying to make money because, you know, I was, uh, you know, finding my way in life as to what I wanted yeah. to do. So I, I, so I could never hold a job. So, you know, the, my first job was working at a restaurant uh, as a busboy. And then I was elevated to uh, uh, working in the kitchen, cleaning the pots and pans. Uh, and then I would do other tasks around the restaurant. Uh, I worked for a beverage uh, uh, company and we installed soda systems and like, uh, you know, the guns at, uh, under the bar systems at, okay. at bars and nightclubs. Uh, and uh, took the CO2 canisters out there. So I had, had a lot going on there, you know, but these were all short-term jobs. Uh, from there, I went into a short stint as a uh, HVAC installer and repairman. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, still working at the school, I worked at a, a nursing home for a while, you know, going from moving back into this and back out of moving to trying to find what I wanted to do. And then, we looked at each other and we decided we we're going to do that. And that's what I've been doing ever since. I see. I see. Um, so I want to ask another question along the same lines. Because if you look back on your career and, and maybe specifically the times that you've served as CEO, what are you most proud of? I think I was most proud when we joined uh, the International Franchise Association because I had always dreamed of being a franchisor uh, and uh, you know using the OPM method, uh, other people's money to uh, you know promote your business yeah. idea. Uh, so that was uh, that was probably you know when I was being interviewed at uh, uh, similarly to this uh, at uh, some of the franchise expos. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that that might have been the you know, you know the peak of it, but you know that was like uh, World War II for me though, because I was trying to run a two front war uh, and be successful. So I was trying to run a successful moving and storage company and and try and try to start and run another whole another business in another industry because franchising right. a moving company is a different job. 
You, so you mean creating the corporate franchising business of the moving company is a different job than running the moving company itself, you're saying? Correct. Yeah, so I, I agree completely. I, and I, I'm, I think it's a huge accomplishment to create something that is franchisable. You know, to me, that is, you know, that it, it's a fascinating thing to do. And usually when you think of starting a franchise, you think of just buying into a franchise and doing mm -hmm. something that's ever somebody else has kind of thought through the business of. And I love the idea of building something. I mean, it's almost like the ultimate entrepreneurship to, to build something that's scalable that other people then buy into and, and, and run on their own. That's how yeah. I think of franchises. And you're my hero with that too, because you actually, with your uh, training videos on your, uh, your, your website, you know, that's really the foundation of something like that. Here's how you, here's how you do what we do. Yeah. And here's where you can go. So, you know, Will, you don't have to repeat it a hundred times over to the next guy. Right. You know, yeah. If somebody were asking me what I was most proud of at the top of the list, I don't know if it's number one, but but top five building my my training business is is definitely within the top five of my my business accomplishments. Um, it solved a ton of problems, um, and it really, I mean, it's something that's a a core part of my agency you know, to this day. So it is, yeah, that, that is something that, and, and I'll tell you what, I don't, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, but it was 10 times harder at least than I expected it to be. Um, as soon as, you know, you, you know, I, I probably created it in 10 different versions, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, each one progressively more complex. Um, and, and, and then finally I got to a point where I made it too complex and then I, I dialed it back and now it's, it's where it should be. I think. Simple is good. Yeah. So that brings to mind a couple other things, uh, or at least one other thing. The other one I've forgotten already. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I was a, when I started as a mover, you know, uh, I was moving furniture and that's what I did. So when I started a moving company, then I became a business person and I really couldn't move the furniture anymore, right? Because I had right. to run the business. So I didn't realize that at the time, but that's something yeah. I've read in a book and learned down the line. Um, so just thinking back to my uh, two front war there when I was running a moving company and a franchising business, a good CEO, and I was still kind of, you know, young and numb at this point or dumb and dumb and numb. I forget whatever the expression is, but, you know, I should I should have would have could have hired an executive, a chief executive or a president or yeah. a manager to run one or the other. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, which is something that you know is hard to do. It's hard to appoint someone and just give that let them let them run your baby. Uh, but yeah. I think that is the goal to success. So uh, just fast forward to today, that is something we are focusing on here at our company. And what we're trying to do is build a what we call a success team here at Around Town Movers. So we want to have successful relocations for our customers successful careers for our employees and successful relationships with for for all that we meet uh and we as part of our success team we are looking to hire someone to basically uh work with me uh and the team to manage the company you know full-time manage the company hand the reins over so your ceo is can be appointed by you know your ceo can be the owner of the company 
The yeah. CEO can also be appointed by a board of directors to run the company who can then appoint a president or they can appoint a president who could also be synonymous with the CEO. So I think it's important yeah. to grow your business that you learn to give up control while building in uh, ways to, to keep control of the business, you know, through processes and procedures, budgets, et cetera, contracts uh, as you go along. So that's the path we're taking now for our growth. I think that's great. And that, you know, that, that my experience also mirrors that to a certain extent. So I did, you know, cause I've, I've made plenty of mistakes in business myself. And one of the things that I have not made a mistake on is um, I did hire somebody early on to come in and be at, you know, an executive at my level who is, who, who runs uh, the aspects of the business that are not in my strengths. You know, he's very, Oper, you know, he's a great operating executive. You know, it's very difficult to find that type of person and to bring them on early into a, a small business because, you know, a small business doesn't have everything mapped out in the perfect way. And so it's a very unusual person who can come in and be a great executive in that capacity. Um, it's almost a, it's a cross between an entrepreneur, I think, and an, and an executive. But you don't really necessarily want to um uh, you know, you don't want to necessarily bring somebody on who is going to be a visionary alongside you in the wrong ways. You know, they're not going to, you know, somebody who's going to, um, uh, you know, have your strengths and, you know, who, you know, maybe has some of the operations. You really want to make sure that they are nailed down with the operations so that you don't then have to have to struggle with the things that you're not so great at. So that was my experience. It was a great decision. Well, that's a, that's a great topic here, uh, introducing their strengths and weaknesses. And uh, yeah. I think recognizing your strengths and weaknesses uh, is important as well. And I know one of my weaknesses, uh, and I was just thinking about that this morning as I was toweling off in the locker room in the gym, as a matter of fact, maybe that's too much information, but uh, I was thinking that, you know, I will, uh, you know, I see, I see things and I, I'm good at starting. Th I know what I'm good at. I'm good at starting things. I'm not good at doing things. So I can set you up. I can show you how to do it, but I can't do it yeah. long term. I, you know, I can do it for a couple of weeks. It would be fun. Hey, I yeah. even helped you out with AdWords for a while. That was yeah. fun for a little while, but yeah. then I was I had to move on because yeah, you know yeah. I I could I couldn't stick with that you know for yeah. long term because I'm not a I'm not a person that can keep at at a job, but I'm good at creating jobs, tasks, processes, and procedures, yeah. programs things like that. So I will move from one thing to another quickly, which is maybe requires medication. I don't know, but you know, that I realized that I, I can't just do one thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting um, because a turning point for me in my career was when I learned to accept and embrace my strengths and my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I remember, and I, and I, I just, I'd always think of this as a big kind of watershed moment in my my 20s when I, I I would take these personality assessments, these career assessments, whatever they are, where they would you'd, you'd answer all these questions and then it would the algorithm would say, OK, you are a strategic thinker. You are a operating executive or what in the making or you're this or you're that. And I would take these tests and I would kind of argue with the results. And I'd be like, oh, I don't want, I don't like that. I'd want to be something else. I don't, and I don't even know what it would say to me. I mean, it was probably things that were fine, um, but it, whatever it is, I didn't like it. 
And then at a certain point, I thought, you know what? I, what is wrong with me? I need to. I need to just be happy with whatever my strengths are. Lean into them. Grow my strengths. And if I'm not, and if something is not a strength of mine, I just need to. I need to move away from it and and accept it. And so there was just this big moment where I realized, uh, you know, there's no sense in fighting you know, your, your weaknesses and your strengths. I mean, you certainly can learn and try to develop things that are, are problem areas for you. But from an emotional perspective, it was good for me to, to move beyond that, that issue. And, and then, and then I was able to really just lean into the things that I was good at. That's great. It's, I think that's really, that's really an important thing that you need to you know, really know who you are you know, to even begin to, you know, lead other people. And yeah. you know, that's a great topic too, leadership, you know, yeah. uh, decision-making important, uh, you know, so uh, it's important to make a decision and make it in a timely manner. I'm not going to say impulsively. Uh, back to software development and decision-making, you know, any any good plan is 75% planning and 25% implementation. Yeah. But yeah, I can I can guarantee you, you will miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I've got a handful of other questions I want to ask. What, what is there something about being CEO that you really dislike? Like, are there any worst parts about it that you have to deal with just on an ongoing basis? Or do you just like everything about it? Well, so, uh, you know, in a fan in a small family business, yeah, that brings in a lot of money and sends out a lot of money. You're you you are the last person. You know, it, it, the owner can be the CEO. Yeah. So my yeah. wife and I are the owners of the business. So the part we don't like is being the ultimate responsible parties for the business. So yeah. you know, uh, even though it is a business and a corporation, we have to make sure it's properly financed. Uh, we have to yeah. uh, make sure that we are running a safe operation because we run motor vehicles over the roads of the United States. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. literally all over the United States and we have to follow the fe many federal laws to make sure that those roads are safe for the people that are driving the trucks and for the people that are driving next to the trucks. So, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of responsibility involved. So that would be the biggest downside that I think about it. Other than that, there's a lot of fun and interesting things things yeah. to do on a day-to-day -day basis that I, I really do enjoy. And it's yeah. the diversity and it's the people I work with. Uh, you know, some days I'll walk out of here and think, wow, I had a really good day today. And the reason I had a good day today was because of all the wonderful people I have, have uh, the opportunity to work with. Yeah. I, I feel the same way when I, when I first started my business um, and, and you know, this in some ways mirrors, partly, you know, your trajectory. Um, but I, I kind of feel like I started it with very little experience, very little guidance. You know, I had a background on Capitol Hill and I didn't take any business classes in college. You know, I didn't, you know, in many ways I was not prepared to be a business owner for my first company. Um, and I think in some ways I'm, you know, that is what you're, you know, what you've described as well for your first company. But, um, those days, I know there were things that I really hated that I wanted to quit and that because I just didn't know how to deal with them. I wasn't smart enough. I hadn't learned enough. And and then over time, as you know, most I think what happened to most people, you know, you learn certain techniques, you learn certain solutions and those things that you just 
couldn't handle in the beginning, they, they sort of fade away. They're not, they, and then all the fun things really can, can stand. I mean, there's still things that are, you know, frustrating, but um, for the most part, it's very, very rewarding. Sure. Um, so when I was a young person, I wanted to be an astronaut. And I would, yeah. you know, there are a lot of science fiction shows on TV. I would draw pictures of spaceships and dream, go out and look at the stars. Uh, you know, I fancy myself an amateur astronomer. Um, I learned to play the guitar when I was in seventh grade. Yeah. And I still play to this day. So when someone comes to me, a young person comes to me, I suggest that they do what they love in their life. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, my daughter likes to draw pictures. I think she'd make a great artist, right? <laughs> and she does a great job of that. So if you are, you know, do something that you enjoy doing uh, and try to find your path uh, yeah. uh, along the lines of your dreams um, and things should work out for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great advice. Um, uh, can you talk to us about how you've changed in terms of how your either your decision making or your reaction maybe to things would differ today uh, compared to when you were new in your in your role in business? You know, but, you know, do you uh, have you changed in terms of how you how you handle challenges throughout your career? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Uh, that could be probably a whole series of podcasts. Um, uh, so my prayer today is that I live the day that's been put in front of me, that I stay calm. And when I'm not calm, I pray some more. Uh, and that's just, you know, look to the, take a break and look to the sky basically is, is what yeah. that means. You know, uh, don't, don't react. There's, there's never any reason not to be calm about everything or to treat anybody poorly because you're agitated. So if I feel agitated, I take myself out of any given situation. Uh, roll back to when I was 20 years old, uh, I was probably pretty unpleasant versus who I am today. Uh, very impulsive, uh, quick to judge. Uh, you know, I, you know, and even today, I usually miss the one piece of information I need to know about any given topic to make the proper decision. Uh, and, uh, you know, before I jump into it, most of them work out, but you know, that's always consider everything because there are consequences yeah. to your decision. When I was 20, I didn't think about consequences to my decision so much. Uh, uh, you know, so I opened the Dove candy, uh, and, uh, there's always a little saying on, on the, uh, inside of the wrapper and it says, you know, uh, uh, a pessimist is a former optimist. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we, yeah. We learned from our experience, right? It was, it's all cumulative experience. So we, we learn uh, from our uh, successes and our mistakes. Um, so uh, I think staying, being and staying calm is uh, focused and then balancing your life too. I think any successful person will have yeah. a regular routine in their life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and how I, you know, so that, that was my new year's resolution. You know, usually I would have a, a whole page of things I was going to do in a year. But this year I just said, I just want to have balance in my life. And so that's extended to my eating, uh, to my schedule, to uh, what I do at home, what I do at work. Uh, you know, I'm still off balance by the way, but I have more balance than, than I had previously. So uh, I just uh, try to have a, a decent schedule. I go, I go to the gym every morning before I come to work and that gets my endorphins going gets me in a nice calm space so I can come in and 
uh, you know, watch the bullets uh, whiz over the top of the foxhole, you know, and deal with the next thing that has to be dealt with. And, and I have, you know, the moving business is very complicated. Lots of things come to me quickly and I have to process the information, find information and get it back out quickly and hope it's the right information, which it is most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I would do well to have that daily exercise and daily gym habit. Um, I'm pretty good on that, but but uh, I've thought lately how sometimes my best uh, resolutions, like if I really want to do something, it helps to just do it always. You know, they, they talk about, I can't remember where I read this, but, but somewhere um, when it came, said it was giving advice on how to incorporate a good habit into your life, you know, you can just make it an identity. So for instance, uh, if you want to eat more vegetables, it's pretty effective to say, okay, I guess I'm going to be a vegetarian from now on. And, um, I'm, and, and I'm going to think that it's immoral to eat meat, you know, mm -hmm. that would make you pretty, that'd be pretty a good way to, uh, to, to figure out how to incorporate more vegetables into your life. Whereas if you were to just try to have some extra broccoli, you know, every now and then how, mm -hmm. you know, it's questionable how much really, how much good that would do. So I'm sometimes a big believer in, in, uh, trying to look for things that I want to incorporate into the, the true daily life. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point exercise was daily for me. Um, and, and I'm thinking that may, that may be what I need to, to get back to. That's a good foundation. I think it's a good way to start the day. And it's, you know, it's a privilege that if you can do that, yeah. uh, because not everybody can, you know, everybody's life is busy. Everybody has something going right. on and to really make that a priority, uh, is not, a luxury that everyone yeah. can have. So I guess that's one thing I like about being CEO. That's true. Uh, is I I have definitely have a you know better schedule than if I were just working somewhere for a salary. Yeah, there's no question about that, and and it's it is hard to have that perspective when you've been CEO for a long time because it's it's hard to really even remember or or think about what you know. The, that other perspective would be. But I, I know that, you know, when I was on Capitol Hill, my schedule, you know, revolved around my boss and around, uh, you know, all those things that were flying around my head. And, and uh, you know, being CEO, you've got all kinds of other things that are pro and probably more demands on your time, but at least you have that influence over over that schedule mm -hmm. if you if True. you care to take it. True. And then um, good, good staff can help with that, too. Okay. Um, you know, so, you know, so we want to make sure that everyone in our organization has a good life. We do, we do have a gym out in the warehouse uh, that we need to, you know, uh, straighten out. So it's more usable for everyone, but, uh, oh. you know, we do want to promote a healthy lifestyle, healthy eating, you know, uh, motion, of course, uh, moving around, uh, things of that nature. So, you know, so, so we like to think that around town movers is a good place to work because we care about our people. So, you know, to have a good good staff, long-term staff, we have to really care about each other and what's going on in our lives, I think is a good, uh, you know, good community uh, uh, thing to do as part of our career. So that's yeah. that's one way we look at it. Of course, life is busy. It's always hard to do that. But but I think that makes it more enjoyable when you can have a more of a family team as opposed to just, uh, you know, follow these rules and do it like this because we told yeah. you so. You know, that's something I've struggled with a little bit, especially for me having a mostly virtual agency. You know, we've got office space in a couple different places where we're 
you know, team members will come together every day more before COVID. But, but um, you know, um, one thing I have struggled with is how much uh, guidance to give in terms of healthy living and, and, and all that, because I do want to promote strong mental health, strong physical health, uh, balance. Um, I would like to really, and, and in many ways, working from home, um, I think that makes me want to do that even more, but I haven't really, I haven't laid out a plan for that so much yet. Um, but I, but that's one of my priorities. You know, I want to, I want to do that and working from home, I think it's even more important because there's the possibility of being very sedentary in my line of work in particular, mm -hmm. not where you're at computers all day. Um, you know, in, in your line of work, I think there's a little bit of a, of a, you know, certainly a different dynamic there, but, you know, working from home, not only now are you, could you be sedentary, but you could also be isolated. And um, so I, I think it's very important for me. So one of my priorities is to, to figure out, you know, how, how can I provide that kind of guidance uh, without being, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, without, without maybe crossing a line into, um, you know, telling people how to live their lives. I, I usually would approach it conversationally. If someone shared something with me, then I would share yeah. something back about how I would do it. So it's interesting. You brought up a couple of words there that I thought yeah. uh, were important. Uh, I called them the A-L-L-Y words. Mm -hmm. So physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, morally, and financially. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the thing, you know, the most important elements of, of your life, the A-L-L-Y words. Interesting. I've never, th I've never, never thought about it that grouping them like that, but I think, I think you're right. I think that those are the most important elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've got a couple more things I wanted to ask you. Did, are there any memorable, um, regrets or failures in business <laughs> you want to share? <laughs> Okay, what's the next question? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, sure. You know, uh, you know, so it's not how many times you fail, it's how many times you can pick up and uh yeah. what has happened previously. Yeah. Um, yes, uh yes, there's been a I I'll just simply answer the quite a few and and uh, uh shoulda, woulda, coulda is definitely a big theme of my life. And yeah. uh uh, they'll be in the book. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I get it. I get it. Um, is there any moment where you wanted to give up? You wanted to walk away and, and uh, you know, just kind of didn't want to uh, didn't want to keep going on the on the business. And um, and then obviously you essentially you you kept going actually until you did. You did sell the business, I guess, in 2011. Um, mm -hmm. You're your one. So, you know, uh, but but I guess maybe with that kind of exception, was there any kind of moment in your path where you just didn't want to keep going on it anymore? I would say the answer to that question is no. Although there were a few days that were very difficult for yeah. one reason or another. But what I learned from those days was that the day always ended yeah. and that a new day was on its way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I just call that kind of like the overnight reboot. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, so if you, if you wait, things will look differently later and yeah. always overnight. And that, uh, back to decisions. So, uh, my, when I was younger, I made a lot of impulsive decisions. Oh, that sounds yeah. good. Where do I sign? 
Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I even used to say, oh, I'll sign anything. Today, I read everything I sign thoroughly <laughs> right, I ask right. me and negotiate with you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, and uh, yeah. so that's just some, that's another difference uh, with me. Um, but it's, but it's important to consider uh, everything for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I never thought about just dropping it and walking away. So I've yeah. always, you know, uh, dusted off and, and pick myself up for the next day. And so the, you know, the next, so if I sleep on it the next morning, it will seem different. And yeah. there seems to be a new path. Yeah. Um, so is there one metric that you look at with your business to, to wreck, to see if it's healthy or not? Uh, there- well, so uh, I have a fellow that I work with and, and he always asks us, do you know what your job is? And we all look at him funny uh, to do this, that, or the other thing. He says, your job is to make the company money. So how much money do we make? Yeah, but it's not really how much we bring in; it's how much can we keep. Yeah, that's the most important part. We're we're a for-profit business, and we're here to make money. Yeah, and uh, we are here to collect as much money as we can, uh, in the most uh, uh, with as much integrity as we can muster, because we are all about integrity in our business, in an industry where integrity might not be the the first consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I think that's, I think that's a, um, an, obviously it's a, a crucial metric. And um, I remember reading somebody um, a few years back talking about the importance of profit and the importance of, you know, there, there are all kinds of, of businesses that, um, you know, they seem reasonable. They're little side projects in many cases. And, and, you know, they, they've got a lot of good, um, you know, good intentions behind them, but, the reality is, is if you can't create enough profit, then it's really not a, it's not a business. It's not a long-term business. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, maybe right. it's something temporary, maybe it's a project, maybe there's some other reasons for it, but, but ultimately if you want something to last, be sustainable, create great jobs for people, it has to create a sufficient amount of profit each month. Sure. Well, that, was my, yeah. that was my next point that, you know, our success is our, is our people. You know, yeah. the people, you know, especially the people that are out on the trucks, packing, loading, driving and unloading. You know, that's the they bring in the, the all the revenue of the business you know, without them. We're nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the people in the office, uh, you know, the good the good cheer and that th- these are uh, uh, I want to say, I can't remember the word I'm looking for right now. Uh, uh, they're, they're assets of the business. They're intangible assets. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's. You know, and you can't put a value on it, but it is extremely valuable. Yeah. So the people, you know, uh, would be another metric. You have and, and having the right person in the right job, another incredibly important thing. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I I think that yeah, this isn't exactly a metric, but I I do think that um, hiring. A players, you know, a lot of CEOs will refer to the best people as A players and hiring those folks and recognizing when somebody is a C player or a B player and pulling them out of that position, you know, is, is so critical. And, you know, I mean, and I, because of my, the nature of my business, you know, I often will see how good, well is a business doing, you know, because I'm helping them with marketing. So I get to, to really dive in and see kind of the heart of, of, 
you know, a huge variety of businesses. And it exposes me to what, you know, what businesses are doing right and what, you know, you know, what, what they're doing wrong. And, and now I really just, I, I see the damage that is done when you've got the wrong people in certain mm-hmm. roles, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and I hate to sound harsh on it, but it, you just can't allow that to happen. I mean, if you, I mean, it's not fair to the other people on the team. I mean, first mm-hmm. of all, you know, it's simply, they've got to, you know, th- it prevents them from doing their work. It's not fair to the business, you know, cause the business isn't gonna, you know, is gonna fail ultimately. I mean, if it's, I mean, in some cases I'm talking to a company right now that has a ton of investment and, you know, lots and lots of, um, uh, of high hopes are, are invested in it as well as dollars and, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And, um, it, it looks like it's on track potentially to fail. Um, and, and because there's, a, there's at least two people who are in very critical roles who are not, they're not cut out for it. They're simply not, you know, so if they don't make changes, you know, and, and, but I've seen it enough now where it, that for me, it's now an instant judgment where, you know, I was exposed to that company six months ago. Um, I immediately saw that that was the case. And now six months, six months later, it's unfortunately really looking like it's unfolding. Wow. Yeah. Um, it is a shame. Yeah, it, it is. It is a shame. Um, so um, I, what pieces of advice do you find yourself giving to people uh, again and again? Like, like, you know, I, I have a feeling that I mean, you've already shared some things that I think are valuable, you know, really valuable to, to hear. Um, but, you know, what do you are there pieces of advice that you feel like you, you repeat a lot? Well, mostly uh, when I so I, as a programmer, if I have to rewrite yeah. the code over and over, I know that's something I need to record and and mm-hmm. have a routine for. So that's yeah. where the you know, the whole video training yeah. comes from, uh, you know, from that. So uh, I think um, uh, advice comes you know comes up uh, situationally for me. So and I will use a story or some experience, strength, or hope that I've developed over time to. Uh, to provide the advice, uh, you know, uh, when the opportunity presents itself, uh, uh, there's there are no experience is lost when something happens. Uh, we try to you know make lemonade out of what yeah. out of whatever lemons there may be and learn from that for next time. Uh, so that's always a teach teaching moment for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, I would say that's kind of most of my opportunities for that. So. And I do I have been doing this for a long time, uh, so I can generally know what's you know quickly ascertain what the situation is and have a two sentence answer that would be you know cut cut out a lot of uh, steps yeah. for someone else to learn what has happened. Yeah. But there's nothing like a good deep dive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this has been an awesome episode with you today. I really appreciate you coming here. How should people either? How should people work with? around town movers who should be, you know, who, who, you know, who do you serve uh, these days? Well, so we are uh, actually changing our focus, uh, you know, so around town movers sounds like a little family business. So we are working towards a more corporate image now. Uh, and our new uh, moniker is going to be, we do moves around town, around the nation and around the world. We are an international wow. moving company. Uh, primarily through our affiliation with uh, the government doing uh, Department of Defense moves. 
Wow. Uh, we also uh, ship worldwide uh, for you know embassies and businesses, residences. Uh, you know, we operate trucks all across the United States. Uh, we do specialize in direct and personal service for you. Uh, you know, uh, we're launching soon launching a new website, which our URL is simply aroundtownmovers.com. And that's the best way to, uh, you know, get in uh, uh, contact with us. Uh, so we have a, you know, contact form and a, you know, move request information form there. Of course, you can always call us on the telephone too because we do like to speak with our customers. It's very important that we speak directly with our customers so we can really understand what you need us to do for you and that we're all uh, on the same page. Uh, you know, the funny thing about moving is that everyone says, hey, I'm moving. It's just a move. But that only lasts until the morning when you actually move. Yeah. And, it, and, and technically a move is like death, dying and divorce. It can be that stressful for you on move day. So we're here to make it, try to make it easy for you and make it a pleasant experience. And we do that by interacting directly with you in person, on the telephone, by email, and through our fantastic te office technology of texting. Well, I, I, I mean, and I can say, um, I think I've, I've had you handle two moves for me and I, it was a phenomenal experience. So I can say firsthand that, uh, you know, it's a great, you're, it's a great business to work with. Well, everyone should check out our uh, Google My or Google My Business profile. We have uh, nearly 700, mostly positive, five-star reviews, 4.9 rating, more than any other mover in the DMV area. Yeah, uh, and uh, we uh, we're going to try to expand that program. To, uh, you know, we've done tens of thousands of moves, and we have 700 reviews. Seems like there's room for improvement there. <laughs> well, I uh, uh, want to thank you again great episode today. And um, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Will. It's good to see you. Good to see you too.